Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. Career Builder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. CareerBuilder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want, at the salary you want, with the benefits you want. We even send job alerts so your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to CareerBuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at CareerBuilder.com. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. CareerBuilder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. CareerBuilder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want, at the salary you want, with the benefits you want. We even send job alerts so your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to CareerBuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at CareerBuilder.com. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. 
And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes. And CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and you have downloaded the All Ball Podcast. All basketball, all the time. My guest this week, I think, is a really good one or an interesting one. I love people's stories around basketball. And um, our guest this week is the son of a coach. He's a talented and successful head coach in his own right. His name is Mike Taylor. He's head coach of the Polish national team. He's also a head coach of the Hamburg Towers. That's in Hamburg, Germany. And uh, they won the championship in Pro A in Germany which means they bounce up to the, the, the top level. We'll talk about his journey from small college basketball player, son of a small college, former big-time assistant coach, small college head coach, to an elite international coach in USBL and G League stops kind of in the middle. Should be fun. There's some good storytelling that um, you may want to earmuff the kitties on later on in the show. Okay. Uh, first quick promo. The Doug Gottlieb Show is... Every day, 3 to 6 Eastern Time, 12 to 3 Pacific. One more promo. Next week is the NBA draft. The finals will be complete. We'll, we'll crown a champion. We'll talk about it in a second. But um, we'll do a finals recap, and then it'll pretty much be an all-draft podcast. And what I'm going to try and do is try and find some kind of unique voices. Um, uh, get People that coach some of these guys – train some of these guys, uh, know a little bit more about them than, than some of the analysis we're able to get on television. And it's not always the fault of the guys on TV because a lot of times having worked on the NBA draft on TV and on radio, I can tell you that you don't always get to give everything you got and we can be super thorough. So we'll do that next week. Make sure you uh, tell a friend, you download, you subscribe, and you rate. Let's get to the NBA Finals. Start with Kevin Durant and his Achilles tendon. I'm going to read for you something that was sent to me by a top uh, surgeon, uh, a guy I grew up playing basketball with. His name is Dr. Andy Carrick. And he said, uh, look, MRIs can be really hard to interpret sometimes. He doesn't even get them. Doesn't get them. He relies on an exam and what happened. And when Kevin Rant first did it, he turned around real quick looking for the guy who kicked him. Everyone who tears their Achilles says it felt like somebody kicked them. Achilles tears can be clean. If they're to chop like a rope in half, it's easy to see on the MRI. There are two free edges separated by fluid, but that's kind of uncommon. More commonly, they, they tear such that each looks like the ends of a mop. And in these situations, MRIs will show bridging tissue with no apparent gap. And sometimes there's not much bleeding, so it, it may not look as bad as it is on MRI. Um, it can heal in those situations, but it takes much longer than they gave it. Also, the calf muscle is not as strong. So if they knew it was torn, they likely would have done surgery. And this is the, the opinion of a doctor. I think an, an underwhelming MRI plus the please don't let it be the Achilles factor played into the diagnosis and decision to treat it like a strain. He had thought all along, you know, he pictured the poor doctor who probably deep down thought it might be a strain. It might be a 
a, a, a partially torn Achilles tendon, sweating bullets since it happened. Probably said that if it was torn, but might have been torn, but not certain. If it's torn, even partially, the options are to explore surgically, which is to repair. That means you're out for the season. Or to treat like a strain, like they did, but probably needed more time. See if it gets better. Probably wishful thinking, and it clouded the judgment. Now it's black and white. Back in six months, team, teams will still line up to pay him. So that's a doctor's opinion on what probably happened. And I don't think it's sinister to have told Kevin Durant, like, look, if it's partially torn, it's going to go and you're going to have to get it repaired anyway. And of course, now we know it is torn. And it was a no-lose for KD. It was almost heroic the way he didn't just come back, but he contributed. And then when his body let him down, there's no one who could question. Uh, how, about that, how about that replay of the, the reverberations in his calf? Nobody could question his toughness or his desire to help his team. Um, this has generally been a win for Kevin Durant, even if that means we miss him for most of him, if not all of next season. But I do think there's other interesting implications. What does it mean for the offseason? What does it mean for the Warriors? And what does it mean for these NBA Finals? All right, let, let's get to the Anthony Davis likely trade to the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers are trying to find somebody to take the fourth pick off their hands and get a, a player, maybe a guy with a, a Clint Capella, bad contract. Uh, that's, a, that's hard, right? You kind of bend over a bit like, we got to get something good for this pick. Tell us how we can make it happen. But it, it does feel like what I was telling you guys going back to the trade deadline time, if New Orleans really could have gotten the kitchen sink deal, if they could have gotten Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball, they should have taken it. Because they're not getting all three. And I, didn't think, I don't think they were getting all three then, but it did get to the point in time where you, you might have been. It was so ugly with the Lakers. become so public. It should have taken that deal. I also think it tells you how valuable Lonzo Ball is. That, is he there yet? No. Is he tremendous defensively? Yes. He also fits with LeBron. That's one of the reasons he's valuable to the Lakers. But, but if you think of this, if, if this is the way it ends up, with New Orleans getting Lonzo Ball, they have Drew Holiday, that's great, great defense in the backcourt. Um, and then you add Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, like, wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. And if they can get a player for that next pick, or, I mean, I would try and take the pick and just get Jackson Hayes and go super young and, and load up. But I, I, I think David Griffin's in a good spot here, and I do think that the Lakers have the best. This idea that the Celtics, even if the Celtics were to offer, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like uh, one Jason Tatum I don't think is as good as both Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And what's to say the Celtics are even willing to part with Jason Tatum? And what else they'll throw into the deal? You know, a little bit of this is kind of like Congress, right? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a Jason Tatum. Here's what you got to do, okay? You're going to have to take this really, really bad contract off our hands of Gordon Hayward. Take the Gordon Hayward contract, you can have Jason. And then you're like, uh, yeah, because now you become limited again by that contract. So I think he ends up, now the big question for the Lakers, if let's say they pull this off. Let's say all they have to give up is Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. Okay, now you need a starting two guard and you need a starting point guard. And if you're not going to get Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, and I don't think that the, the Hornets, that Michael Jordan's not going to give him the Supermax. 
don't see it. Doesn't work for them financially. Doesn't make sense. Um, so what do they have to pay to get the? Is, is Kemba a max max guy? And then you got to find obviously more shooting, um, and and then Anthony Davis obviously becomes the starting center, and you know. I, I guess you could start Josh Hart, although Hart, when he started, he just uh, he's in that's over his head. It feels like maybe with all that other surrounding talent, because he just plays hard, and you know when he makes shots, he'll be fine. But it feels like they need a couple other veteran players. But that's not a terrible team if you can get Kemba to go with AD, LeBron, Kyle Kuzma. The question now then becomes: Does Kemba guard anybody? Like no one pays any attention to that. Kuzma hasn't. LeBron doesn't as much anymore. They would go from a dynamic defensive team to one in which you'd have some offensive firepower. So whoever takes the, whoever they have, they need either shooters or defenders, and if they can do both, even better. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Now, in regards to the finals, I, I thought it was amazing. Like, that game was amazing. Kevin Durant showed his value, his toughness, uh, how he changes the matchups in an entire series. And then he goes down, and the game was going on, but it was almost like an out-of-body experience, right? Did anybody else feel that way? Kind of an out-of-body experience. Where you're like, this game's going on, and I don't really care because I'm concerned about And then you saw the ripple of his calf and the what was the rupture of his Achilles tendon, and you just felt awful. And you, But I'll say this about Nick Nurse's timeout. Uh, I'm, I hate the momentum-killing timeout. I understand that a guy is tired and that they're going to go at him and that when you're tired, that's when you miss shots, that's when you make turnovers, that's when you have defensive lapses. But it's the NBA Finals and it's Game 7, and I greatly disagree with that timeout. I just do. There's, there are timeouts coming. There are moments in which Kawhi Leonard can suck it up and can get some wind. And while your guy rests, so too does the other team, and they got it together. I'm not going to kill him like it's the world's worst timeout. But I hate the, we're going on a run, let's set our defense and get rested and we'll call a timeout when they're the team that's reeling. They were one stop and one basket away from it being over. And instead, they call a timeout and it, 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 it completely changed the momentum. And I don't know if that's inexperienced because Nick's coached, he's been a head coach several times over. But for in a championship game, in a closeout game, when the other team is teetering, you don't, let the, you don't let the bell get you to the next round so you can beat up on them some, some more. You get right up there and you go for it. You go for it. Let me give you one more thought on Kevin Durant and why, honestly, I don't put hardly any of the blame on the Warriors. This is the same medical staff that held Clay Thompson out when he wanted to play in Game 3. So now all of a sudden, Kevin Durant's being forced to play. Kevin Durant wants to play basketball. They told him what they're, and I'm sure he's had his own people look at it. And he blew out his Achilles tendon. It sucks. It was probably torn to begin with. He probably had to have surgery in the offseason anyway. He was probably going to be out this much amount of time, and this cements it as reality. It's black and white now. It doesn't matter. He's actually already had the surgery. But I, 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 I hate how we do this in the media. Guy gets hurt, and we not only blame somebody, we make it out like everybody has these evil intentions. Warriors don't have bad intentions. Like, all they want to do is have star players pay them a bunch of money and win championships. That's all they do. 
They've tried to go get the best of the best of the best. They won 73 games and a championship in back-to-back seasons, and they went out and said, how can we get even better? And they were willing to spend whatever it took to get better. So I just, that side of it doesn't make, doesn't have some malicious side to where you're like, oh, well, now all of a sudden we don't care about somebody's career. We're just going to send him out there knowing that he could get hurt. Like, that's not the reality of how people work. They actually like Kevin Durant. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see how this affects the league. If he goes to the Knicks, like, it's a great plan for the Knicks. But you go to the Knicks and you're Kevin Durant, that means they're not going to be competitive for another year. They, they're kind of punting on next season again. That's hard to do, punt on another season. By the way, I think Kevin Durant plays next year in the playoffs if he goes to a playoff team or if he stays with the Warriors. It's a nine-month injury. Now, will he be the Kevin Durant we saw in the playoffs? Probably not. But it stands to reason that he's going to be back, and he's not a player whose body type is going to load up with a bunch of weight. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places hey are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in nashville or minneapolis this march well you should do yourself a favor and do what i do which is stay at graduate hotels you know bridgestone arena and target center their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues and they're obsessed with college sports just like me each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team but in a good way lots of cool details for alumni vintage sports throwbacks Nods to campus, legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. And odds are wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug, good at any Graduate Hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. He's explosive, but it's not like he's a freak who's going to lose some some big step. Like, I think he'll be okay. But I, I do think this hurts the Knicks' chances of getting him. I think there's no reason for teams that are in win-now mode, like the Clippers or the Nets, to think they're going to get him. It kind of comes. feels like it comes down to, does he choose the Warriors or does he choose the Knicks? And maybe he always had his heart set on the Knicks and the idea of owning New York. But man, how many times New York, New York fans have you had a, a former star who's a shell of himself because of injury and age? And that's what you could get in Kevin Durant. I think he'll be fine, but I don't know. No one actually knows until we see him back out on the court in 10 months or 15, 16 months. Who, who, who actually knows? As for the NBA Finals, I do think this is the end of the run for the Warriors, but I don't know. And it's not because I'm doubting them. I doubt their health. I think the Raptors are good. I think the Warriors are far better when they're healthy, like far better, like four games, five games. This is a wrap, but they're not healthy. Clay's still not healthy. Andre Goodell's not healthy. Looney's not healthy. Bogus not healthy. And Steph's worn down. Could they pull it out? They could. They very well could. Will they? The odds are that the healthier team that is a championship caliber team um, ends up winning at least one of these two games would be amazing if they won in game six and the Warriors with all their home court advantage would have lost all three games in the NBA finals. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. Career builder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. Career builder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want at the salary you want with the benefits you want. 
We even send job alerts so your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to careerbuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at careerbuilder.com. Hey, singles. Do you feel like a tourist in your own town? Too busy to enjoy all your city has to offer? Events and Adventures organizes up to 30 unique get-togethers around town each and every month. We do all the work so you have all the fun on your schedule. Visit places you didn't even know were places and get to know the fellow singles you didn't know you needed in your life. Fall in love with your hometown all over again by joining Events and Adventures. Get started by visiting eventsandadventures.com today. That's eventsandadventures.com. This is the sound of your single life. This is the sound of your single life with Events and Adventures. This is the sound of your single life with Events and Adventures. Our members live a single life they love with exciting events every night. Events and Adventures provides an easy, relaxed environment to meet new people and find that someone special. Start enjoying the sounds of your new single life. Get started today at eventsandadventures.com. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. All right, let's get you to Mike Taylor, who's the head coach uh, in both Hamburg and Germany and of the Polish national team. He has like two jobs, right? Now, you're the head coach of the Hamburg Tigers, and then you're also the Polish national team coach. How does that work where you can, where you, you do both? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to kind of get two great opportunities with, with good people, great organizations, uh, because of the FIBA schedule and the, in the, you know, seasons, the national teams are always, the competitions are always outside of the regular playing season for the most part. And now for the last three years, FIBA has created in-season windows for the competitions, um, the qualification games for the World Cup. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough with, you know, the last six years with, with Poland and uh, then now this year picking up the, the Hamburg Towers job. It's been, um, you know, it's been great. Just a chance to coach a lot of basketball uh, and to really, you know, work with two great teams. All right. So, so we'll get to what you're doing now and I want to get to your kind of path, but uh, when you're in the states, like, do you do you enjoy? It's it's so different, and I know that it's different being overseas now uh, now than it was back when I was playing overseas. Like, when you parachute in and the NBA playoffs are on, how invested are you in watching them? Oh, uh, watching basketball, you know, all over the world. Whether it's you know staying up late to watch games, NBA games, you know, overseas, uh, watching Euroleague games overseas, uh, you know, all the European leagues that are on television there. Uh, but definitely following the NBA. Uh, obviously, it's much harder overseas to watch college basketball, uh, but you're following, you know, as best you can. So I, I think it's a little bit easier to, to follow the NBA. So even when you do come home, um, you know, it's it's you're aware, you're up to date, and uh, you're following like every other every other basketball fan. Uh, I've enjoyed what? the playoffs, and it, the best thing is it's at the, a regular time. What what. Uh... What do you think about the KD thing in terms of him coming back? Like I uh, previously in the podcast, I kind of pointed out that, you know, I mean, 
Look, if it was partially torn, he was going to have to have surgery anyway. We we don't know what they told him, but you know, having been a guy that's coached professional basketball for essentially your entire professional life since playing in college, um, what what are your thoughts on on what happened the other night? Oh, it's really tough to watch. Um, you know, obviously one of the best players in the world. Uh, the team was struggling. You could see them desperately in need of something, and everybody kind of put those hopes on on Kevin Durant. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the tough part you see here, you know, you saw it a couple of years ago with Isaiah Thomas coming back and playing for the Celtics, you know, like when players lay their body on the line, sometimes there's a, there's a negative result and a negative, you know, event. And, you know, with, with Kevin Durant, obviously the, it's really going to impact things. We don't know what was said behind closed doors, how much pressure there was on him to play. But I think the one thing is that, that players now are valuing their body more and more, and I think people will point to this as, hey, don't pressure me to play. You know, I'm, I know my body when I'm good and ready, and, and I think that uh, people will use this as an example um, you know, as, as to why people want to rest. But I think you know, the were... pressure was built up. I, I'm sorry. No, no, keep going. I d- don't stop. Yeah, the, the pressure was built up with, uh, with the expectations because the team was struggling and, and they, they needed something and they're, they're really hopeful that, you know, Kevin Durant could come back, be himself and be a difference maker. The, um, the, 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 the coaching question I had for you, and obviously it's different. I don't know that, I don't know the timeouts in FIBA. I have no idea. And I know that coaches, it has to be like on a dead ball, right? Uh, when you, when you call yeah. timeouts, um, and so obviously that's not the same as NBA timeouts. But right. are you one of these guys? And look, the NBA, they have so many timeouts. They get two under three, and they get use it or lose it before that. But Nick Nurse is, and Nick Nurse is the guy that you coached against um, in your travels. Like, when was the first time you ever yeah. coached against Nick Nurse? Do you remember? You know, it was when, back in the USBL days, you know, when you were in Oklahoma and, and he was out there and, and I was with Dodge City Land. Uh, that's the first time I, I ran across Nick. Um, so that goes a long way back to the early 2000s. Um, and then also, you know, I coached the Leopards in London in 2002, 2003. He was well established as a top coach in the British game at that point in, with the Brighton Bears. And then actually, too, you know, Nick brought me to Rio Grande Valley as, as his assistant in 2011, 2012. So I worked really closely with Nick um, for that year. He, t- he taught me a lot about the D-League, and, and um, you know, I learned a lot from him, helped prepare me when I got my chance to be a head coach with, with the main Red Claws. So obviously I'm really rooting for Nick, and, and what he's done this year has been fantastic. But, you know, I, with the timeout situation, the, I, I think he looked at the, at the run, he knew he had these timeouts in his back pocket, and, and they were kind of – he'd lose them if he didn't use them. Uh, and it, the point was, like, hey, try to get Kawhi a little rest. You know, as a coach, you try to make the best decisions you can. And in this case, it obviously, you know, disrupted the run and gave, you know, the, the Warriors a chance to, to regroup themselves and, and make another run against them. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, if, if they can find a way to win one of these next two games, that story will go away. Um, I think that there's there's so many decisions that a coach has to make in a game, and it's really hard for you know people just to point to one and say, "Hey, this is the reason why the team lost," and things like this. You know, he knew his players were tired. He wanted to give them a rest, and it, it just the result didn't go their way. And people want to point to something. Uh, so well, I, I, I guess the, I guess the question little, is like, you know? so so in in your opinion, the process was sound, the result just just didn't work out. I guess the the the, the question like, if you're in that situation. 
And 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 I actually think you know, like David Blatt caught a lot of heat from people because um even though David, you know, grew up here, he has this Israeli way of being right. matter of fact and, and almost and, and and I actually think he's a magnificent coach and he was very kind to me when yeah. I was in Israel a couple of years ago. Yeah. But he does have this and I, I think the best way to say it is kind of an Israeli way of of saying something where it is like fact and you don't understand, right? So he said that you know you're like a fighter pilot with all the decisions you make, and it really is accurate, right? Like you're, right. You, you have your it's it's so much in the playoffs is about matchups, but you're also right. judging your own team's fatigue, your players' fatigue, the other team's fatigue, the run, the time, the score, the momentum, timeouts that I have, uh, foul situation. Like, do we want to foul to stop the clock and then sub somebody? Right. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going in, so I I, I fully respect the David Blatt idea of you're like a fighter pilot, you got a million decisions to make. I guess question yeah. is to you, like, you're in that situation. You're on a 12-2 run. Place is going bananas. Best player is dead tired. You know that once you get under under three, there's going to be a bunch of timeouts called anyway. Um, yeah. What, would, you, do you, would you have called a timeout in that situation? I know he's your friend. doesn't mean it's, it's the worst decision in the yeah. world, but, but right. is it, would you have called it? I think that, you know, you're in that position, you, you know the situation best, so it's easy for us to, to kind of, from the outside, look at all these points. I think it's hard to, to call a timeout, you know, when you're on such a great run, um, you know. But, again, it's it's one of those things. You, you make a decision, you try to make that decision work to the best of its abilities. And, you know, I think rather than look at the timeout situation, what about the, the defensive coverage where they, they gave up the open threes down at the other end? You know, I think that... This is this is where the focus really should be for those last two minutes. Um, but I, you know, for me, I think it's when you're on those runs, you want to try to extend those runs as long as you can. You know, so that's why that was the the reasoning. Then would be okay next time. Uh, I think if Nick is in that situation again, uh, I really doubt he calls the timeout. He tries to extend the run as long as he possibly can. Um, but what what does that show you? It shows you how much the Raptors are really relying on Kawhi Leonard and how much he's carrying that team. You know, so. Um. Yeah, it, it's really made for an interesting storyline, and and like I said, for me, you know, I'd like to see the Raptors get a win and uh, and have it all go away. What What about Nick? Uh, having worked with him, um, should people understand about why he's been successful? Because you know they did they won. I think they won the G League in Iowa with the energy when he was there. And yep. obviously, um, and, and look, some of the stuff that he did when he first got to Toronto, the ball movement stuff that they put in, they've actually kind of gone a little bit away from now because you have Kawhi. And so you right. can kind of play off of, of his dominance and, and spread the floor. But having worked with him and known him and watching him, what as a coach, coach to coach, do you go like, wow, he does that? That's really good. He, he does this better than other people. So I think he does a great job understanding, you know, the people that he's with. I think he does a really good job of uh, really creating a clear picture for everybody, keeping things simple, um, and, and really in a, in a fundamental way, organizing the game plan and helping people understand, like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. Uh, I think what you're seeing here with his defensive game plans, uh, even though he's got an offensive reputation from, from what he's done in Toronto, I think he's done a great job with, with the defensive game plans and in the finals, uh, and, and he's not afraid to, to try new things. He's not afraid to try different things. You know, we, we've seen the box in one. Uh, so I, I think Nick has a really good feeling for coaching. He's got a very good personality for coaching. 
Um, and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you see guys who are naturally good at something. I think Nick is naturally good uh, at coaching. Uh, and, and he does many, many, he has many of the character traits in terms of that leadership, in terms of uh, the position. So, um, you know, you could see a lot of this stuff back when he was in, in Britain in, with the Brighton Bears during that time. They also had an excellent run and a lot of success. Obviously, coming back to, to the D League then, the G League now, you know, what, what he did. Um, and I think what he does is he, he gets, finds a way to get that team to really click and maximize themselves. And when they get on these runs, uh, you know, he's been able to put a lot of these teams on these runs. And, and the Raptors are on one right now. They, they would be fantastic if they could get to the championship and, and win it. Um, okay, so you you played at uh, Indiana University, but not IU. It's it's uh, in, in Pennsylvania. And yes, the other one. IU yeah, the, 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 the other one. How dare you call yourself yeah. Indiana when you're not actually Indiana? Who'd you play for? Right. I played for a coach named Kurt Kanaski, who's been an yeah, excellent Kurt. college coach. Yeah, so yeah. Kurt was a big influence for me, and um, you know now he's an assistant at Air Force, and we're you know he's uh, I really learned a lot from him. Really organized, uh, business like, ran a program, um, and he's been one of those guys that you know was at Drake for a while, Penn State uh, has been at a couple of different stops, but just one of the good guys in the game. So when how good were you guys when you were th- when you were there? So my, my, you know, we were, we, I like to say we kind of put IUP basketball to the next level. Um, you know, my first and second year, freshman and sophomore year, we were, let's say, average, made the, made the conference playoffs. Um, my junior year, we, we got up to number one in the nation, Division Two. Uh, we finished the season, um, you know, 27 and three. And then the, the next year, we went 29 and two. We were number one in, in team in the country, you know, wire to wire. Um, made the Elite Eight my junior and senior years. Uh, so, you know, just really, really great college career. I was a program guy, not a great player. Um, you know, made, made my, you know, mark just in terms of leadership as a three-year captain and um, just being a team guy. So uh, from those standpoints, uh, great college career, great experience. And, and I think those guys would tell you, hey, we knew this guy was going to be a coach, you know, uh, following in his father's footsteps. So really happy yeah. to turn out that way. Yeah, you talk about how talk about your dad. So, uh, you know, my dad was um, was a high school coach before I was alive, and then a college assistant mostly before I was alive, and then he was a college head coach when I was born at UW Milwaukee. Yeah. And then um, they, I think, they got fired because they went Division three, and then he became an assistant coach at Long Beach State, and that was the last really in terms of his college experience. And so I wasn't around the the. The, you know, you grow. Everybody grows up in a coach's household, a coach's background. Yeah. Um, I wasn't necessarily around a program growing up, even though we had a, a travel team program, and he was coaching some minor league stuff, and he was, you know, doing the NBA summer league back when it was at Loyola Marymount. What was yeah. your childhood like in, in a in a basketball household? You know, Doug, that's one of the best memories that that I have. Is so, my dad was the first. You know, before I was born, he was with Bob Knight at, at West Point, and then he was a head coach at Lock Haven Division Two in Pennsylvania when I was born. I, you know, I of course don't remember those young memories. Then he was an assistant for Willis Reed with the Knicks and at Creighton University, and that's where I start to, you know, really remember being around the teams and being around the guys. Uh, most of it when when he went to Clarion uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, most famous alumni is John Calipari. 
so we were in Clarion, and, and that was for, you know, my basically high school years, you know, elementary school, high school years. So I remember, you know, being the ball boy, uh, sitting on the end of the bench, eating popcorn uh, with the guys not getting into the game, um, you know, going to his practices at the gym and, and kind of being around. My dad taking me, you know, on a road trip with the team, scout a game, scout an opponent, um, you know, and, you know, then, you know, most of the people in Western Pennsylvania that you'll have, they offer like deer day, you know, uh, hunting and everything. And I'm not much of an outdoorsman like that. So we would go in the gym and, and we'd get our basketball workouts in and spend time like this. So, you know, just being around sports and, and growing up with my dad's teams and, and just talking basketball with him. Like he, he, my dad's always been my biggest role model, my biggest example. And, and you know, I, I feel like he's really helped prepare me in terms of, coaching not just x's and o's and and things like this but in terms of communicating with people how you how you you know lead a team how you handle situations so uh from a young age i was around this you know um and and these were topics of discussion all the time Uh, my brother also had a really good high school career and played in college a little bit so you know basketball and sports were were, was a classic coach's family you know so yeah Yeah. he he uh, also didn't your dad didn't your dad have to get his doctorate too like he wasn't Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember reading, like, your dad had his doctorate um, as well. He was a Syracuse, he went to Syracuse, yeah. and then, yeah. um, and then, and then he got, like, to get, like, coaches are so different now. Yeah. Like, there's, there's always still the love of basketball and the love of not just the game, but also the kids. And I do think that, you know, your players, that, that gets overshadowed because, uh, because at the, at the highest level, there's, there's a bottom line to it. But like, there used to be more of a teacher teaching element to it, an education element to it, and all of the coaches. You know, coaches now a lot of them have their master's degree, but the idea that your dad would have a doctorate degree, right? And yeah. um, he also uh, he was doing he, he was doing some certification program. I, I remember I read about um, yeah. a long time ago as, as well, right? Like at the end of his at the end of his career, like this is he was an interesting dude. Yeah, so you know, you know, Doug. The interesting thing was during during his coaching career, it was still the era of the teacher coach. So he was coaching right. Division two college basketball, and he was teaching classes in the health and physical education department. You know, he he got his doctorate from Springfield College in, in Massachusetts, and you know, this was this is kind of the, the model of that era of coach. And and into the late eighties, it it changed, and it became Division two full time coaches. So this was about the time where he stepped away uh he kept his 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 teaching tenure at clarion university uh and he added and, and kind of created this whole coaching certification program um so he really impacted a lot of local you know kids that came to clarion and, and health physical physical education and they got this coach's certification and went into coach you know football soccer uh softball baseball all all different coaching all different sports so you know this whole transition uh, of him going into coaching as a, as a teacher coach, and then the, the job changed. You know, he, he kind of just said, "Hey, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to you know just focus on my teaching." And really, uh, he kept kind of that coaching interest by developing that certification program for Clarion. It, it's it's definitely a unique story, uh, and I think it's it's helped a lot of people over the years. Yeah, it's funny. My dad actually got his master's, I think in. I might have been in business, but I think it's in PE from Columbia. 
Like, like he's got an, mm-hmm. I, he had an Ivy League master's degree, but like in physical education. But back, you know, back then, like you needed a legit master's degree. And then he was like coaching yeah. high school basketball with a Columbia master's degree. It was just, you know, it's such a, such an incredibly different world now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Um, so, so you start by coaching, you were at your alma mater first and then you went to Clarion. Then you went to Clarion, right? For a year or two? So I went to Clarion to get my, as a graduate assistant, I worked under, under Ron Ryder there, uh, who was a longtime coach. Um, you know, he was, he was really a good person, good coach, helped me, uh, get my foot in the door. Uh, so I got my master's in communication. I was there at Clarion for two years. It was great, you know, still being around my dad and, and being in the town. I went to high school, so I had a lot of friends and everything. What, was, was it nice. great though? Like you're, you're coming back and you'd, you know, gone to a different school and you, you'd like come back, like, was it, was it good to be back or what, what is that? Yeah. I, I mean, I was really happy about it because I was, I was, had the chance to be around family and, and had a chance to be, you know, uh, doing what I wanted to do. Um, so you're talking about a small college town, Western Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was good. I had so many great memories from my dad's coaching time at Clarion, uh, growing up around the Pennsylvania conference and, and things like this. So, you know, those, those memories were, were kind of the, the main thing. You know, after two years, I got the chance to go back to IUP as an assistant and, uh, worked there for Gary Edwards for, for three seasons. And, and we made a return trip to the Elite Eight in, in 2000. And then after those three years, another successful run, you know, I got a chance to go to Pittsburgh State in Kansas and work for Gene Iba, who was the, the nephew of Henry Iba. Right. Um, and for that time, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, my whole focus was I want to be like my dad. I want to be a college coach. I want to work my, my way up college coaching. You know, during these summers, I would work camps all over the summer. And I tried to meet people. I tried to target coaches that I want to learn from. Okay, I want to learn the press. I want to go spend time with Billy Donovan at Florida. I want to, you know, uh, I wanted to be around Phil Martelli. I wanted to be around... Dave Bliss at the time in, in New Mexico before all of his problems. Um, you know, I, I obviously coach K at Duke. And so I just picked out, you know, programs all over the country and tried to get around great coaches and love. Uh, and during that time, I, I was at Don Myers Coaching Academy at Lipscomb and I met a guy named Aaron Christian. And, and that actually was the connection that kind of started me overseas. So at the time, it was all college basketball um, until the, the opportunity came uh, to get overseas. And from that point forward, it was like, you know, hey, I'll go over for a year and come back. And, right. you know, I'm still over there. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. your your first one was, was, was Germany, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to a third division team in Chemnitz, Germany. And, um, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Uh, Ke- yeah. Chemnitz, Germany. And I have, actually mm-hmm. have looked this up, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. is that the uh, is that the uh, Aus- Austrian border that's over close to? So it's actually closer towards Czech Republic. Uh, okay. It's forty kilometers from the Czech Republic border, but in that region, yes. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait so hold on. I'm doing the kilometers yeah. thing, and the you mm-hmm. like you do you actually when you're in the states do you still do kilometers or do you do miles? No, I'm, I'm miles, and you know when people tell me, hey, this guy's two oh six in centimeters. You know, I still have to figure out like, okay, I got six nine, six eight. You know, like that. I still work in those those American style numbers for sure. Okay, so this is like two thousand one, two thousand two, right? You you go to uh, Chemnitz, Chemnitz, Germany. You get yeah. the it's third division. Like, what what is you land? You couldn't have been making yeah. much money, right? I yeah. mean, you. <laughs> Yeah. First, take me to the. Okay, there's a there's a job. Did you just pick up the phone and call? Like, how did it how did it take place? 
Yeah, so uh, I didn't know much about the job. I didn't know much about the situation. I just knew I wanted to be a head coach. And I thought like, oh, I'll go overseas for one year, be a head coach, get some you know international networking done and come back to college. So I really knew nothing about the job going in. Uh, my friend Aaron Christian, uh, who was from Portland, Oregon, his he was an assistant coach for Brad Barbrick at Evergreen State. And this, this coach Barbrick had recommended the coach that was at Chemnitz that year, a guy named Colby Matney, who wanted to go back home to San Diego. Uh, and they offered the job to my friend Aaron. But Aaron also had an offer to go to uh, the University of Portland as the director of basketball operations. Well, him and his wife were from Portland, so he said, hey, I'm going to go here. Aaron knew that I was interested in overseas stuff and had coached some overseas travel teams and things. And he's like, hey, would you be interested in it? So I jumped at it. And like you say, when you land, you know, this is, you know, what, almost 20 years ago, you're in East Germany, um, and it, life is different. So the culture shock in the, in the first four, four months or so was difficult. Um, but, I, you know, like, well, like I like to say to people, we, we made it our NBA. We, we turned it into our NBA. We made it really important. We, you know, like the saying, Frosty Westerling, you make the big time where you are. This is really what we tried to do with it. Um, and I still, to this day, have so many wonderful memories of that, let's say, low-level overseas style of basketball in terms of you hop in the vans, you drive six hours, you play a game, you know, you go to McDonald's or Burger King, you ride back all night, and, you know, then um, some of the guys are full-time pros, some of the guys are part-time, a couple guys are students, you're just piecing it all together. Uh, so, so it was really a great learning experience. I got a chance to coach. I got a chance to, you know, make some mistakes and learn and grow and develop and, um, really, really, uh, look back fondly with a lot of happy memories from those times. You know, what's funny is they're, they're a pro a team now, right? They've like, they've, you've not like grown up, they've grown up. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is this year, uh, a couple months ago, like they had a great season. They, they led our, like I, we were in the league, you know, they, they led our, our league all year is the top team. And, you know, we had also high expectations. Both organizations had the, the same goal to move up to the Bundesliga, the top league in Germany, with the promotion relegation system. Uh, and we played a five-game series with them. And, you know, I think that people had the impression that they were going to win it after they won game three. And we ended up winning game four at home and, and forced game five on the road. And we actually won in Chemnitz. To, to have our, let's say, Aufstieg, which is, is promotion, into the first league. So, you know, I've had a part of moving Chemnitz up into the top, or into the second division, and then now they were planning to move up to the first league. But, you know, we were the team that got it done this year. So, yeah, so, so you guys uh, only finished in, you guys finished in fourth place, but yeah, you end up yeah. getting, it got promotion. And yeah. uh, you had uh, Bo Beach, who I, I called a couple of those games at, at Gulf Coast, who can, that dude can shoot the yeah. basketball, right? Straight yeah. up shoot. And then you had Drew yeah. Barham, right? Yes, yes. We had a great bunch of guys on the team. It was so much fun, the team. We know the team did a great job handling high expectations. Hamburg is a, is a team that has so much potential, big city, uh, and it's really a young organization. It's five years old. There's really good people involved with it. Marvin Willoughby, many people. You know, Marvin's a former uh, German national team player, former professional. He, he came up with Holger Geschwindner playing with Dirk Nowitzki, very close friends with Dirk. Um, so the, the, the basketball potential in Hamburg is, is great, and, and it's really a great story. But I think, you know, like when I signed there, the expectations were, okay, these guys are going to move up. Um, and for our team to manage those expectations, 
you know, go into the playoffs in the fourth place, which was definitely underperforming for us, disappointing. Uh, and then, you know, to get it done in the playoffs when it mattered the most, you know, I'm really, really proud of these guys. But guys like Bo, guys like Drew, many of the other players on the team, it was just a really a fun season uh, to work with these guys and re- really enjoyed it. Stylistically, uh, does it look more like the more like college basketball? Uh, it, does it fall back on more kind of traditional European style? What does German professional pro-A basketball look like? Oh, so I think what you have is some good players. Um, you know, I think it, it's a high level. The level actually surprised me, um, you know, as to really how competitive and how good it was. You have some young, talented players. I think you have some inexperience. Inexperience is a factor, so it's difficult for the players to be consistent game to game. Um, but there's definitely some talent in the league. Uh, so, you know, I think that, that our, our team was, was competitive. We can be competitive the, the bottom level of the Bundesliga, and, and, you know, we'll have our chance to show this year what, you know, what we were all about. But, um, I would not, I would say the, the German Pro A is maybe behind if you rank France Pro B, uh, and if you say Italy, Syria, you know, the, the second division in Italy, maybe Turkey Division Two, you know, because of the money in those leagues. But it's really a well-run league. It's a well-organized league, um, and I think it's, it's pretty quality. I would say just the big difference between the Bundesliga and the Pro-A is the inexperience of the players. You know, you've got a lot of young guys, and then you have, just because of that, some you know, consistency, a lot of ups and downs throughout the season with the players. Um, okay, so... Now you're coaching the Polish national team. What is that like? Like, do you, um, and I know, as you pointed out when we started, there are things during the regular season or in the middle of the year where you guys still kind of get together. How yeah. involved are you in terms of player selection and the team? Like, like how, how, does, that all, how does that all work? Well, you know, Doug, the, the, the key to doing both jobs well, you know, for, so we achieved our big dream in both with with Poland getting to the to the World Cup, first World Cup in 52 years, the second in Polish history, and then with with Hamburg going there to move the team up, you know, and, and reach the Bundesliga. You don't do that without good people to help and, and good people around. So I think the key for us in both situations, we've got good people to support. Um, there's at least one key guy for for my work in Poland and one key guy in Hamburg that I'm able to really trust and count on and rely on. Um, with Poland, you know, we've had a staff that's been basically together for six years, the entire run, so it's like clockwork. Um, you know, I work closely with the technical director in terms of building the team, organizing the team, who are we bringing in, um, and all these things. So uh, the, the, the great thing about the Polish national team job has been, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a really supported position. You know, you can get the type of assistance and the type of staff you want. You can get the type of players you want. You know, you can, if you have a vision of, I want training camp to look like this, you know, people really work hard to try to, you know, help you do it. They, people have pride uh, and they want the, the country's basketball to be successful. Uh, so the support has, has been fantastic for my six years. Um, and like I said, you know, when, when you're together with, for, with a group, with a team for that amount of time, the most important or the special thing to me is the best thing is that, that these players, you know, some of the names like, like Lucas Koshar, Adam Machinsky, Mateusz Panika, all the guys, 
they'll be remembered in Poland as as doing something big, something special for basketball in their in their careers. Uh, so this is this is what I'm really happy about, you know, uh, and thankful for with with Poland. Uh- Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at graduate hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, 
nods to campus, legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest, and odds are wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug, good at any Graduate Hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Um, do you speak Polish? I speak German. Um, you know, I've been in Poland for six years, uh, lived there, you know, for most of uh, two of those years in Warsaw. Um, and it's a great culture, you know. Uh, it's been really a lot of fun. My wife loved it. Um, but, you know, I'm not great with languages. It took me a long time to try to learn German. And, you know, I'm, people say I speak Deutsch, like funny German, you know, it's kind of a mix between German and English. So, right. uh, that's kind of like, you know, like I thought to myself, like, Ooh, that's, a, that's an investment with Polish. It's, it's a difficult language, different. You know what? Um, you know, uh, it's, it's something that I haven't. So you just coach, so you just coach in English? So you just coach in English? Yeah. One of the, one of the funny stories was the first time I got there. Uh, we're introducing our system and we've got, you know, NBA terminology and all these different things and it's new for the guys and, and they're interested in it. But one guy, I won't say any names, he, he couldn't speak very good English at the time. So we were talking about on defense, you know, hey, you're guarding a guy in the corner. You want to communicate to your teammate, corner fill, corner fill. So, you know, the guys pick it up. We go through our defensive work and then this same guy is running the court offensively, right? He's running in transition and he's running to the corner to spot it. And he's yelling, corner fill, corner fill, corner fill. So we were laughing about it. Like, you know, some there's definitely, uh, yeah. you know, you coach in English, but there's always going to be some situations that come up like that. So yeah, there's of- there's nuance that, that no one, you, you don't understand unless you truly know kind of the language. And yes, that's a, yes. it's a really, really, really hard one. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you guys qualified for the World Cup. To those, like, we don't, we're just so arrogant as Americans, right? Like, it's just a foregone conclusion. We're going to play in whatever is the tournament we're going to play in, and we're going to be expected to win in it. Um, what was the wildest game that you had in terms of either location, crowd, or just uh, circumstance in 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 your uh, road to qualifying for the Cup? Well, oh, there's there's been a lot. You know, we've played in Lithuania. We've played in Italy. I think the game that really kind of started the show sparks for us was when we played in Italy. We were in Bologna, um, and, you know, we were three and three at the time. I think we were, you know, just struggling to stay afloat. And uh, they had their team was stacked. You know, they, you're talking about Nico Melli. You're talking about Gigi Datome. You're talking about, you know, they had Jeff Brooks as a, as a you know, an American you know, passport player. So this was the best that Italy could be. And, and, you know, I think they felt like, oh, we're going to smash these guys. You know, our guys showed up, and it was really just a great offensive game. Uh, A.J. Slaughter, our our passport player, shot the lights out. We had a bunch of guys hit a bunch of big shots. And you could just see the players get self-confidence in themselves. So we ended up losing the game, uh, but it, it kind of turned. And from that point, we won five straight games. You know, we, we upset Croatia twice. Um, you know, we upset Italy at home, uh, and, and we put ourselves in position to, to qualify for, for the World Cup. So really a historical achievement for, for the team and, and for Polish basketball. And, and I hope that it can grow the game in, in Poland. I hope it can be that big result that 
gets kids interested in, in playing basketball and, and, you know, the Olympic committee and minister of sports and everybody starts to really put money in, into the game in Poland and, and everything can take a next step forward. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. Career Builder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. Career Builder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want at the salary you want with the benefits you want. We even send job alerts so your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to careerbuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at careerbuilder.com. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Okay, so then what's your what's your schedule like in terms of the summer? So we'll start. The interesting thing, like you mentioned, sometimes the, the national team is in season and sometimes it's out season. The, you know, my six years, there's been two, two specific types of buildup. You know, you've had the way it's going to be this summer with a training camp and then, you know, you'll have a two week training camp that'll start for us, you know, late July this year. And then we'll play, you know, maybe 10 preparation games. Uh, what we like to do is play, you know, uh, tough tournaments away and then play a home game where, you know, that's like a winnable game. So you can kind of show off the team to, to the, to the country and everything. Um, so this, this way it'll be this summer. We'll so play, who's the sisters you know, of the poor? That's who's the sisters of the poor. That's coming to take the L like what, what country do you call up? You're like, yeah, we need somebody. We can come and get a beating on. Like who, who is that? Uh, you know, I don't want to call anybody out. You know what I mean? But you know, there's, there's, some, <laughs> do you think they're downloading the pod guys. somewhere in the Czech no, Republic where you like used to coach? You're like I, I mean, that, that Taylor. Uh, yeah. He, he's talking smack. No, I want to respect them. Uh, you know, I think that there's teams that did not qualify for, uh, Eurobasket and there's teams that were closer to do it and teams that were not so close. I'm sorry for the world cup. And, um, these teams will call they're in the qualifications for Eurobasket this year. So those would be the teams that we choose that like I'd say, hey, you know, um, we want to put together a team that is qualifying for a World Cup and, and maybe you choose from those guys that, that really uh didn't make it and try to play against some of that. Um but it's the great thing about the World Cup this year is gonna be the the different styles from all over the world. You know, in our group in Beijing we've got Venezuela, we've got China the hosts, and we've got Ivory Coast from Africa. So uh, even in that first round, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And, and I'm really looking forward to just the whole experience of preparing against these different styles and, and, you know, competing against them as well. When you, um, because we have, there's a lot of coaches that listen to this. And so when, when you, so you have two weeks of training camp and I, I'm sure that you communicate like, Hey, dude, you guys got to come in shape and all these guys have played. And they've had a little bit of time off. Like, how do you break down, 
you know, the, the, the first week, are you conditioning hard? Are you simply implementing a system? Are you touching up on a system? Cause all these guys have played together. Like what's your philosophy? You got two weeks prepare before you start, you know, playing games. And then it's like a month before the, the tournament actually starts. How do you do it? Yeah. You know, I think, Doug, the thing is that, like, for example, A.J. Slaughter's playing for Asvel, and their season will not end until early July, right? Like, he may be home, like, July 4th, you know? So you're talking about, like, maybe he'll have a, he'll have a month max to, to get himself, you know, before our, our preparation starts up. So I'm not really worried about them, you know, the type of shape they're going to come in. You know, some guys' seasons have gone longer than others. Um, I think that everybody has played on a high level and they, they understand, you know, what they need to do. We've got a great conditioning coach, a guy named Dominic Narojchuk, who we call the dominator. And, and basically he makes my job easy. You know, like I basically we'll, we'll focus on the basketball side of it. We'll focus on, let's say the, the implementing the system, uh, this, you know, installing our set plays, our defense, the basketball side of it. You know, we'll have two practices most of the time. In the morning, will be skill work and conditioning. You know, we'll split the team with some skill work and then doing some weights or whatever whatever our dominator wants to do with them. And then at, at evening, we'll do a lot of the basketball team stuff. And I think what we've always tried to do is just push and push and push and push until, you know, we get the word from, from dominator and our physio, uh, Eric Markiewicz. They say, okay, reel it back a little bit, dial it back. You know, give the guys a day off or give the guys one practice or – Let's do something else. So I think that's kind of been the mentality. I, I don't really – we just say, here's our plan. We're putting our stuff in. We're going to put it in. And, you know, you try to build in, you know, maybe by Thursday or Friday, you try to build in a time where there's some extra space in case you need to give the guys a day off that your system doesn't – you know, you don't fall behind in what you want to put in. Um, but because these guys are mostly professionals, high-level players with the national team, I don't really worry too much about them – you know, being in condition and, and what type of condition they're coming in. I think there's a responsibility that these guys, they take care of most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I, I just, was your, was your dad a conditioning fanatic? Was your dad, you know, more professorial? Like what was, what was his style and, and how do you, how do you, how do you blend off of that? Yeah, he's, he was really a kind of a defensive coach. Um, yeah. you know, he was fundamental. I feel like that's how they all used to be. I feel, yeah, I feel like they all know, used to be like, 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 I don't know if you, um, I've had this conversation on this pod and with other people where we talk about, like, I played for Eddie Sutton, right? Or even my dad or, uh, and obviously my dad's successes don't ma- match up to Eddie Sutton, but I have friends that played for Lute Olson and friends that played for Bob Knight and they'll all say like, they never drew on a whiteboard, like literally never right. drew up a play. There was never a, right. all right, guys, what, like, n- never. But they right. just, they, they wanted, they got you to play really hard. They had basic defensive philosophies, you know, some basic offensive philosophies. And maybe they had an assistant that would drop a play or whatever. But like yeah. all of this ATO stuff, you know, situational basketball and, you know, changing matchups for specific ATOs or, or, you know, you know, trying to find the mismatch, you know, and at, at the end of an important game, like these old school guys, they didn't do any of that. They're just like, go out there no. and play hard, damn it, or yep. come sit Different next game. to me and help me coach. Right. Different game. So the funny thing was, you know, we, we win the Pro A championship this year and everybody's so happy. So, you know, I Skype my dad and we talk about the team and talk about the games. He's able to watch them online and everything, you know, here. So, 
biggest fan and obviously, you know, biggest critic as well, you know, in a good way, healthy, just trying to always support and be positive. The funny thing is we win the championship. We have our party. We have our celebration. And the next day I'm Skyping my dad. Like, hey, dad, you know, hey, we won. What did you think of the game? Ah, oh, Mike. It's great you guys won, really happy, but your defensive stance, this guy's got to get out and deny. This guy, you know, he's your footwork, and he's just breaking it down for me. And I'm like, Dad, we just won the championship. You know, we just won. <laughs> so, you know, kind of funny father-son coaching moment there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different era game. Um, and, you know, but I, I respect the old school. I respect the, you know, the way the game was that we came up learning it the way we came up, you know, seeing it played, you know, and, and even so the coaching style of, you know, like, again, I, I really respect coach Knight and everything he did in his coaching career, but you can't coach guys. You can't coach players that way. You know, the way he did with the, the negative extrinsic motivation and things like this during his tenure. And again, you know, that like this was, he was, he was, he was idolized in our house, you know, my dad working for him and, um, he was he was coaching at Indiana, winning national championships at the time, and you know he was really good to me. I worked summer camp for him. Uh, I went to his coaching clinic. You know he he you know a lot of good good memories and good stories about Coach Knight, but it just is an example of the different coaching style then as to where things are now. You you just have to handle handle the players much differently today. It's it's very 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 true. Um, I la- last thing. Um, actually I have, I have two other things I was, you mentioned on how all you wanted to be was a college coach. And then this just kind of happened, right? And now you've become this overseas guy and having an immense amount of success. It has changed though. Now that the, these G league teams are uh, the connection with the NBA is so much closer than when you were in the USBL or I was in the USBL or I was in the CBA for a hot minute or the ABA, the IBA, because it's actually kind of part of the league. If you were coming out now, right? Just now you finished up Indiana University in Pennsylvania at IUP. Would you go right to the G League? What would your path be now if you wanted to be a coach? Oh, I think if you love coaching and you want to coach, you have to be open to whatever level, whatever situation, wherever, because we don't control where the openings are. We we go where the opportunity is. Um, so I think there's, there's many positives about college coaching. I still, you know, look at, look at that very positively because it's kind of how I grew up. But I also, you know, point out like the, the, the G League, the, um, you know, the, as you say, the connection with the NBA, you know, like for me, the two biggest seasons in terms of development were my two time, two years in, in Portland, Maine, working with the Celtics. You know, I was around Doc Rivers and his staff and, the first year, and then Brad Stevens and his staff the second year. So those those two years gave me the chance to really work on myself, work on my coaching game, get better in certain areas, and, and ask questions uh, from great coaches. You know, not only Doc or Brad, but the assistants and everybody. You know, like there's great basketball people there. So I think that, that that's kind of the main point is, you know, where do you want to be as a coach? Do you want to be a college coach? Do you want to be a pro coach? Do you want to be in the USA? Do you want to be in Europe? But I think that if you're – you know, if you, I like to say to people, everybody wants to coach a championship team, but there's not many, you know, championship teams out there. You know, there's more mediocre or bad teams out there. But if you love to coach, it's about getting the most out of your team and getting the most out of your situation. You know, not every team can is ready to win that title. 
But I think this is the point. If you love the process of coaching and, and you kind of have an idea of where you want to be, that would answer the question. Do you want to try to get into the pro game? Do you want to try to get into the college game? And then you try for it. But since we many times don't have control where those opportunities are, you end up saying, okay, I'm going to take the best situation I can get and keep working and keep hustling and, and keep trying to get better. Um, and then pretty soon you look back and you're like, man, you know, it's, it's been a great ride. I've had a lot of great experiences and, and you know, I've done, I've done this, but you know, the, the network is really important. Um, and you know, I think that, that if you're really interested in coaching, it's, it's important to be open to all levels and all opportunities everywhere. The single best food you've eaten in Germany is what? Schnitzel. Got to go with schnitzel. Schnitzel, classic schnitzel. Uh, go to, you know, it's every time you eat schnitzel, you're happy. Got to be happy. Schnitzel. All right, what about Poland? Oh, Poland. You know what's interesting about Poland is the soups, really. You know, like in, in Central and Middle East, Middle, uh, Middle Europe, you, you'll, you'll eat a lot of soups before your yeah, meal. It's cold, it's cold right? And there's, there's, yeah, it's yeah. cold. A lot of, yeah, there's borscht, and there's potato-based soups. There's all see, different sorts of I was going to say, borscht. I really like borscht. I'm a borscht guy. But now, you know, do you do the borscht when it's – now, in the, in the winter, it's warm, but in the summer, it's cold. So they, they right. actually serve the soup cold. Which do you prefer? Yes. I'm a, I'm a warm guy. Just I'm, I can't – like cold soup, it's not really my thing, you know. But the whole mentality is it, it, it helps prepare the digestive system for, for, for the meal. So, like, it's really like lots of culture and tradition and, and everything like this. So, um, yeah, I, I, you say one thing, Poland, you know, a lot of people will talk about pierogies or other things, but I'm going to say the soups and, and, and I'm going to go with, with borscht. And pierogies are big in Western Pennsylvania, aren't they? Like that's hey, there actually you go, not, right? Yeah, right? yeah. So there, there actually there actually hey. is a correlation between Poland and Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, but you know what I I want to talk about is I you know let me let me turn the tables a little bit. Let's talk about the Oklahoma Storm back in the day. Okay, the USBL, okay so you know what I mean. Okay, so so I don't know if people who listen to this know that I was the number one overall pick of the USBL in two thousand. Now you weren't in the league in two thousand, and that was a little bit after that. That was right. You were two thousand two when I played for Cream. When I played when I played for Cream. That was yes. interesting. Yes. That was an unbelievable was experience. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, hey, where did you meet Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? In some arena somewhere? No, it was at the Dodge City Civic Center up on that stage, which acted as the VIP room. He was up there pregame getting some, you know, pregame food in, and there's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back there. Unbelievable. You, unbelievable. Yeah, the whole thing was um, – so who was who, – who played for – well, I'm trying to think which Do- – I, I know – did you guys have Kenny Gregory that year? Was he yeah. in the, the first? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, our team with the, the big names were Jimmy King from the Fab yep. Five. Great guy. Yep. Really enjoyed him. Uh, we had Oliver Miller, big O, uh, yep. who was, that was a really interesting season with him. Kenny Gregory was fantastic and went on to a great career overseas. Uh, and then we had a bunch of just, you know, hardworking guys that were classic USBL players. So it um, was really, really a lot of fun. And, and obviously Cliff Levingston, the head coach at the time, and, Dale Osborne, now an assistant with uh, Portland Trailblazers. Dale and I were roommates, so lot, lots of great memories. The best was driving the, the, the team RV, the team recreation vehicle. You know, we drove down to play in Oklahoma, play you guys down there at Oklahoma City, and I drove the team RV down there. And when I parked outside the arena, I parked and hit a curb, so the tire popped. While we were playing the game against you guys, they were changing the tire somewhere in the arena just to make sure we could get home that night. <laughs> wait, what? Uh, you, wait, you guys had a Team RV? Yes, Team RV. I was driving it. I, me, Kenny Gregory, sat shotgun, 
kept me up at night. We drove all the way from Dodge City to uh, St. Louis. We're driving up to St. Joe's, Missouri. You know, all those things. Driving down to play you guys, Enid, or uh, Oklahoma City. So, uh, great, great memories. Unbelievable. You know, what's funny is the team in 2002 won the championship. We lost in the finals in 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Gates, who he was last yep. year, he was with the Sacramento Kings, was our head coach. Yep. But he wasn't supposed to be the head coach. There's a different head coach. I forget. Uh, I'll think of the guy's name. He was like a scout with the Mavericks, and he bailed like the day before the first game. It's like Brian Gates is like 24 at the time, maybe, and he, he'd never been a head coach ever. And like he's our head coach, and uh, he did a great job. And then in yep. 2002, so I was playing in the ABA. Um, mm-hmm. And a guy named James Bryant was the owner, and he was also like an agent. And the whole sale was like, I was a pretty big name, and of course, Kareem was a huge name. And yeah. we were going to be like the two faces of this team, because I played yeah. in 2000, and we almost played, and, and we played in Oklahoma City that year as opposed to playing in Enid, uh, strictly in Enid my first year. Yeah. And um, so I'm playing for a guy named Maz Track. Who he's been a, an NBA assistant, an overseas coach, whatever. I'm sure you know Maz. And so Maz is my coach in Phoenix in the ABA. And he's like, You're an idiot to leave. We're going to the t- ABA tournament. That's where all the scouts are. And so James Bryant was paying me like three times what he's paying every other player. And my wife was working in the sales office. And I yep. was doing like local radio in the middle of the day. So I was making a bunch of money to play for this USBL team. And I think, I mean, I, the only thing I can think of, and I've talked to Kareem a couple times about this, but I'm not sure he really recalls. I, I haven't brought up any negative memories, but he yeah. wouldn't start me. And look, we had like Randy Duck. You talk about uh, Nick Nurse. Like Randy Duck was a yep. hell of a player. And so it wasn't yep. like they were bad guys, but I was actually playing really, really well. And I was yep. just very frustrated over my, my playing time. So I actually like left yeah. the team with, I don't know, five, six games to go. And um, just just did the broadcasting thing, and then I ultimately went to work for ESPN like later that fall. And yeah. uh, they went on and won, won the championship. But he was Kareem was interesting. Like he was, he's obviously really bright, but he he struggled he struggled to understand how the game had evolved some. Um, yeah. And uh, and and it wasn't that he didn't like he was always there and he was always on time. But you didn't feel like there was an investment in like watching film and understanding who you were going against. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. We're playing in Salina, Kansas. Yep, Kansas Cagers. And Kansas Cagers. And um, late in the first half, they post me like twice. And by the second, first time, guy just scores the top. Second time, I just foul him. And yeah. I had always been told like, hey, if, you, if you're, you know, I'm six feet tall. If you get some six ten dude on you, gets on a switch, just like you get six, just burn one. You're not going to use them all. Just foul, yeah. take it out on the side. So I foul. He takes me out of the game because he's like, you know, that's you know, it's cheap. That and I, I was so we go in the locker room and he's still on me about you know fouling and about how I was I'm being lazy and I like to turn around and go like, lazy? Are you fucking kidding me? 
There's nothing I he's six foot fucking ten. There's nothing I can do other than foul him or let him score. Nothing. There's no, there's nothing else I can do. Now, if you want to send a double team down there on a six foot ten USBL player, like that's fine. You can do that. But we're not sending a double team, so we just took it out of bounds. Like, why are you on to me? Why don't you pay attention to who I'm guarding in the situation? And like he lost his mind on me, and it was and I kind of lost it on him or whatever. But so it was it. But I did like he he wasn't a bad he wasn't a terrible coach, but he just he had a lot of things going on. He yeah. was really into like the history of everywhere. So we'd go like back. I don't know if you remember, but like there was a team in St. Louis and like we had all kinds. We, we would all right. So we would or it was outside. Yeah. It was like uh, St. Joe's, Missouri. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'd go like one day we'd go. We'd, we'd play at home. Then we'd play in Dodge City. Then we'd bus home after Dodge City. Then we'd bus to Salina. Then we'd bus to Dodge City. Then we'd bus home. And then, like, I remember we, we bust up to St. Louis. And we got there at, like, I don't know. Like, we left super early. And uh, we probably rolled in at, like, 12. And the ge- he th- we thought the game was going to be, you know, like a 5 o'clock game. And the game was like a 1 o'clock game. So all the guys are pissed, you know. And we're eating hot dogs. And he was most upset because there was some historical site that he wanted to go to that because the, and then he got off and, you know, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in St. Joe's, Missouri, and they want him to sign autographs, whatever. And he struggles yeah. with, you know, just people getting, and I can understand that part. But he was actually, yeah. he was most upset that we weren't going to some historical site that he had already planned out. He wanted to go and he read a book on, on the trip up. And I was like, are you kidding me? Right. Oh. Here's my here's my best USBL story. I might have told it on another pod, and you can, then you got to share one. Okay, yeah. so uh, my first year, we're playing, and we play. There was a team on Long Island. There was a team in Brooklyn, team in Long Island, team in DC, and we had a bunch of DC guys on our team. Um, Darren McClinton, who's joined me on the on the pod, he was the other point guard, and so uh, they all talk our management or coaches, whatever, into like, hey, we play the Pennsylvania Valley Dogs, coached by Daryl Dawkins the next day. Like, hey, we're all from D.C. We got like three guys from D.C. We want, they want to go out in D.C., sleep there, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take our vans up the next morning. Okay, fine. So we roll in, and it's like, the, it's like a day game on like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something. And it was actually really smart from the USBL team because all the local camps – Sports camps, whatever camps, they must have given them, you know, like $2 for a ticket. So it's at Lehigh University in their gym and it's packed, but it's all packed with kids that are probably 12 and below. And all they want to do is see people dunk. They have no idea, but whatever. It's cool to walk into a USBL gym and the place is an absolute zoo. And because I played for Kareem and because of a couple other things, like we played in a lot of full houses. So we get there and... You know, I don't remember how long the trip was. It was probably like three hours or three and a half or something like that. And, you know, most of those dudes are hungover anyway. And we roll in. And again, it's one of those like, wait, the game starts when? They're like, the game starts at 11. Like, who plays at 11 o'clock? They're like, USBL are playing at 11 o'clock. Get ready. So on our guys, are like, well, we haven't eaten anything. It's like, no problem. We'll get you some from the snack bar. So literally, they bring in hot dogs, Snickers, and Cokes from the, from the snack bar. <laughs> Right. So we're like, all right. So we, we, we eat the food. We go out. We actually win the game. We come in the locker room and, um, and we're about to get on the bus and we get per diem. And I'll never forget this. Like our per diem was 
I think it was $25 a day. It was either 20 or 25 And I remember like getting $12.50. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, $12.50, that's your per diem. I was like, dude, it's 25 a day. Why am I getting... Like, well, you ate two hot dogs and you had a Coke and you had a <laughs> Snickers bar. And I was like, what? You took that out of my per diem? They're like, yeah, what do you, who do you, how do you think you pay for it? And I was like, oh, okay, fine, just give me, the, give me the money. All right, so now go. Give me your, give me your best uh, USBL story or two. Well, this is the best story, but it's unbelievable. Uh, you, know, so, um, you know, Cliff Levingston was coaching the team. And, um, basically he had some personal problems going on at the time. And, uh, you know, so we played a St. Louis Skyhawks team at home in Dodge city and, you know, we lose the game, disappointing loss. We're up in, if you remember the Dodge city civic center, we're up on the third level, you know, those locker rooms upstairs. Uh, okay. So here's and, what I remember. I remember the stands were on one side and there was a stage on the other. And if, if That's you what, to the, to the left of the stage, there was yeah. steps that went upstairs and upstairs there was like, on one, like the second level would be like the, the visitors team, and on the third level would be like the home team, something like this. So that's where the locker rooms were. So the locker room was this old, like two. It was like a split locker room. We had a coach's locker room on one side and a and a player's locker room on the other side. So Cliff is in there talking to the players, like, you know, fellas, we got to do this better. We got to do that better. Come on, this is a bad loss. We got, you know, it was normal. You know, we lost a disappointing game. You know. So I'm standing in, in the doorway in between, and, uh, you know, the general manager, Tom Nelson, great guy, and all the coaches, everybody on that side, and, and we're just listening to Cliff address the team. Here comes a bunch of uh, FBI agents come into the, to the uh, locker room. There's like 11 FBI agents in there, and Tom's like, hey, you know, Cliff, we got to talk to you. Cliff's like, hang on, wait a minute. He's talking to the team. He's like, no, I really need to talk to you. So Cliff goes to talk to Tom, and unfortunately it was a situation where, you know, Cliff got, he got arrested that night for some stuff that was later worked out. Um, but that was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen anywhere in terms of with a team, basketball team, minor league, you know, there's some crazy stories. I mean, we're talking about a team that's driving around with an RV, you know, driving all over yeah. the Midwest with an RV. You're talking about uh, a bunch of guys, some former NBA players, you know, a bunch of guys trying to make it at the time. There's no... There's no D-League. There's no real structured organization pro-league, you know. Um, and some of these stories, you know, this is one of the, the, you know, softer ones you can share with people that is just like, it's, it's so many all right, all right, here's one. crazy Here, here's situations. One. Here's one. I will not name the teammate, okay? Um, but I used to, my, my dad, I'll never forget this. My, my late father, uh, I, I remember going to, I was driving back and water during my first training camp for the usbl because it was like you know may and june league and what we we just got out of school and i kept my apartment my fiance now my wife was there and it was like an hour drive whatever so i remember driving home and i called my dad after a couple practices i was like dad you would not believe how many good players we have he he's like oh i believe it i said no no no, dad we have uh we have willie burton who's the ninth pick in the draft uh, we have the Bradford Smith, who was a first round pick. I mean, he gave Jordan 31. We have Bubba Wells, who led, uh, uh, who led, um, the, the, the country in scoring. Um, you know, we had, we had all kinds of dudes, right? And <laughs> my, my dad said something to me, which is so true. And he said, 
son, there's always a reason. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he goes, and I was like, you know, we had Galen Young, who had just been, he's a second round pick, I think of Milwaukee or whatever. And he's like, yeah. there's always a reason. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, why are you, why are you not going to be a first round pick? And I was like, well, because people can't think I can't shoot. Or I, can't, I don't think I can shoot. He's like, exactly. He's like, there's always a reason. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, Dad. It's like, you know, some of it's injuries. He's like, okay, well, injuries are a reason. He's like, but, you know, some people eat their way out of the league. Some people sleep, sleep with too many women and do drugs or whatever. And, like, I could go through the roster, and I remember different – like, I remember Bubba Wells, who had – he had broken both legs in college. He had rods in his legs he's famous for or whatever. But he had been with the Mavericks, like, a year or two years before. And, like, I remember his weight was an issue – and, you know, like I turned, we, we all stay at the Holiday Inn and between the Holiday, there's next to our, next to our hotel, there's a strip club. And then after that, there was a Sonic Burger. And then like you, you go into town, there's Mark Price Arena where we played and never forget, like we're getting ready for our very first game. And I pull out a Holiday Inn and I'm ready to go. And there's Bubba Wells car parked next to Sonic. And there's just, there's bags of food and drinks and only him in the car right like he comes in with like mustard and mayo like on his lips and I'm like okay that's his reason like foodie so i had a teammate there was um and i don't know if they had this your year so there was two teams in florida one in fort myers yep. and there was one in sarasota the sarasota one was owned by um i'm trying to think who the boxer was shit i'll think of it in a second um, and then it's my boy Roy, Mike Lewis Roy is now Jones, Junior. Roy Jones, Roy Jones. So yeah, Roy Jones yeah. on the Sarasota team, and then the the Fort Myers team um, was coached by uh, Rick Barry and Mike Lewis, mm-hmm. who's a buddy of mine now at UCLA, was their their point guard. So the way it worked there was we flew in and we drove to Fort Myers. The next day we play Fort Myers, then we play Sarasota back to back nights, and we play Fort Myers, then we go home. And never forget this. I had a teammate. Swear to God. Who, uh, I have no, there's, in my brain, I know he was not in the NBA longer because he, he slept with too, like he lost his leg sleep with too many women. There had to be. He had, he had a, a wife who, we didn't see her, and then he's in Florida and his wife's there. And one of the guys, like the managers on the team, like took them to the airport, like halfway through the trip. And then, like two gates down, his girlfriend shows up, like literally, like says goodbye to his wife. And then walks out two gates down. Then he waits, and his girlfriend arrives, like on a Southwest flight. And then she's with him the rest of the trip. It was I'd never seen it like the balls on him. It was it was it was. I, I mean, I guess if you're a player, like it's a player move. But it was an amazing thing. Like, wait, that's a different woman than was with him yesterday. How did that happen? Like, dude, he he went to the airport. He dropped his wife off, and then he picked this other girl up. Like, picked her up. Like, no, like he flew her in, and she arrived like thirty minutes later. It's like, well, what if the flight was delayed? Story. It was so unbelievable. He tried to time it. He tried to time he it. He did. So that, that he only had to make one trip. <laughs> yes. Because then he would have lost out of that per diem problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Um, great stories. Great stories. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, last thing. Um, look, you're, you, you guys were able to put your team, Hamburg, in the top league. You're coaching yep. the Polish national team. What's yep. the next attainable goal for you personally oh you know we'll see uh i want to do a great job with the ones that are unfinished right now you know i want to number one do a great job with the the world cup here and make a great run for polish basketball 
in in China. And then second, you know, whether it's it's Bundesliga, we want to continue to grow and build basketball in Hamburg. The the potential in the city is really big. Uh, and then we'll see what's out there. You know, like I'm I'm just very settled and very happy right now in terms of the the basketball situations. Uh, and you know, like I said, you don't really control the the opportunities that are out there. You just have to you know uh, kind of wait and, and do the very best you can with what you have. And I think when you're focused on doing your job well. The next steps just eventually, you know, present themselves. So I'm I'm just focused right now, 100 percent on on Poland and Hamburg. I'm happy going to the gym every day. I'm enjoying the process of it, and um, you know, hopefully we can have more results like this special season where we achieve two really big big goals with with the World Cup and, and the Bundesliga. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much for your perspective on the NBA Finals, on what it's like to to make this journey overseas. Thoughts on your dad coaching with the Red Claws. And, of course, we wish you nothing but uh, safe travels and the best of luck in the World Cup representing Poland. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, No problem, Doug. You know, I'm a fan. I've been a big fan since those USBL days and uh, really enjoy listening to your your views, your opinions, your thoughts, and uh, really, really meant a lot to, to spend some time talking basketball with you. So thank you very much. We'll do it in person soon. Thanks so much, Mike. Awesome, Doug. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. All right, that's it for All Ball. Uh, We'll be back next week getting you ready for the NBA draft and recapping this season in the NBA, plus some college hoops talk with the new rules going into college basketball. Deeper three-point line. I love it. I'll tell you why next week on the All Ball Podcast. This is All Ball. I'm Doug Gottlieb. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes. And CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. CareerBuilder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. CareerBuilder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want, at the salary you want, with the benefits you want. We even send job alerts so your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to CareerBuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at CareerBuilder.com. Hey, singles, do you feel like a tourist in your own town? Too busy to enjoy all your city has to offer? Events and Adventures organizes up to 30 unique get-togethers around town each and every month. We do all the work so you have all the fun on your schedule. Visit places you didn't even know were places and get to know the fellow singles you didn't know you needed in your life. Fall in love with your hometown all over again by joining Events and Adventures. Get started by visiting eventsandadventures.com today. That's eventsandadventures.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.